0: Welcome to Level Selects. I am your host, Robert Beach, and welcome to the podcast where we look at video games, old and new, one level at a time. Either the best representative of that game, or just a straight up a real good, you know, like out of like out of the left field, like knocking out of the park, kind of great level that you you just, you just you just can't stop talking about after when the game's all over and. That's that's actually getting rather rather important this this go around because with my guest this week we're gonna be talking about what game Reese Egner? Battlefield
1: Hardline.
0: Battlefield Hardline. Oh my goodness, the game where it turns military shooter to a cops and robber shooter. That's more about the multiplayer aspect, but the single player campaign is what we're gonna be talking about today and you're playing as a cop, unraveling this conspiracy of some sort, and the other half of the game kinda spoils the first half of the game, what, what happens, but don't care because we're gonna run right through it. So Reese, real br- br- brief briefly, what is the premise of Battlefield Hardline besides just playing as a cop?
1: So, gosh, the idea is that it, Battlefield Hardline is probably one of the best Battlefield single player campaigns that's ever been produced by uh, well it wasn't by DICE this was by Visceral this was the uh, post separation so this is uh, yeah the Dead Space guys after they separated into two studios where the studio heads Michael Condry and Glenn Schofield left uh, to Activision to form Sledgehammer Games and then they started work on Call of Duty
0: oh, okay. Oh,
1: yeah meanwhile back at EA Visceral is suddenly short two studio heads and, uh, eventually they got like, they got their they got their stuff together and they put together they got Dead Space 3 out which wasn't great, and then their project after that was Battlefield Hardline and Battlefield Hardline follows, in the single player at least uh, what is it, Nick Mendoza
0: Mendoza, yeah Yeah, who,
1: uh, is he's the, he's the good cop he's the guy that everybody uh you look at him and he's like, "This is the cop who's trustworthy." And you know, I'm not a fan he's of like by the book. Yeah, he's, he's trying by hard. By the book, everybody likes this guy, and nobody's like, "Ah, Nick, he's just such. He's a he's the honest guy. Everybody likes to be around Nick. Everybody yeah. likes his, his Oh, he, he
0: he's he's not like a, he doesn't a take one the of lot his uh, partners.
1: His yeah, his partners are all just like Nick. You gotta you gotta squeeze up a little and uh, take some of that. Some of that cha chain that's being thrown around. And he's like, No, I'm I'm the good cop. I don't take none of that stuff. And he winds up getting pulled into a conspiracy where it turns out everybody on the force is against him because they're they all want to be in on the money. They want to be supporting these criminal empires because it brings in a shit ton of profit their way. He doesn't have right, it and any then, that. And then
0: spoilers for the entire game, at the very end, it was all like a ploy to like well, the, like the, we, we do this because we wanted to cre- recreate Hamsterdam from The Wire and, and just create like a safer environment for the entire community, like forming bonds with <laughs> with uh, drug lords and all that, and, and police forces.
1: This story is fucking bananas. <laughs> it's uh,
0: but B A N A N A S, yes.
1: yes. But it it's actually a genuinely compelling story with lots of likable characters and a well-written story. And midway through the game, it like, if you're you're familiar with the comic Cerebus, Cerebus starts off as like this kind of upbeat story, but midway through shifts into this kind of Edgelord grimdark style storytelling. And oddly enough, Battlefield Hardline does that within the span of the same game, where midway through you're arrested, and then Nick winds up breaking out on his way to prison and uh, realigns himself with his old uh, his old police force buddies who have since abandoned uh, being paid off cops
0: yeah one of one of them in particular like it, it, was, it was kind of fascinating to see because like in the first half you have Kai yeah. who is the southeast Asian' um, your, your southeast Asian partner who who's, who's like, like the most like balls to the wall. Like, I want to kill these motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> type police officer. You see here like torturing someone, and then like, there's this there's this random line in, in this, and in, in one episode where, oh my gosh. Oh yeah, the game is also like,
1: structured like Netflix, oddly enough, where at the end of every level, uh, it's like next time on Battlefield Hardline and then it says, like it's It's... giving you your level summary, like all the experience points and the stuff you did throughout the level collectibles you got, and then it'll say 15 seconds to the next episode, and then at the next episode it's like, previously on Battlefield Hardline
2: Previously on Hardline That's Leo Ray, says he has information regarding the drug war that's plaguing Miami. I had everything on the platter, and you fucked it up you sure like uh, They're both excellent at improvising and terrible about keeping things quiet. What the hell just happened? Previously on hardline. Together we can forge the new future of law enforcement. Our old captain's been busy car dealership korean mafia front we've got a guy on the inside his name's boomer it's kang's dealership kang fills the cars with drugs dawes's guys on the trains let's go put this mr kang out of business that's 9.9 9 million dollars worth of code
1: i'm getting this out of here come on fuck it. and it's even got its oh, own yeah. theme oh, yeah. on and stuff it's <laughs> they they pretty much built this as the wire the video game and it would work as a video game for the um,
0: Maybe. Maybe, I don't know about the wire. It's a little, ambitious there, but yeah, uh, it C-I- was definitely instruction. Uh, NCIS. I mean, ju- just yeah. because Nick Mendoza kind of sounds like Dominic West, uh, McNulty from The Wire, doesn't mean it's The Wire. No, but
1: they did. Like, every service, yeah. they did get some actors from The Wire for this.
0: Um, I know the pol- the uh, the your your bot your police boss slash antagonist. Spoilers. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're just gonna spoil the whole fucking game here. You, you kind of have to at yeah. this point with the, with the level we'll be talking about later on. Oh, I'm sorry, the episodes yeah, we'll here. That.
1: Not the game was not released episodically. This is just like a sixty dollars product. They just structured it like this to give us flavor.
0: It, it it just structured it like episodes where it's like you know, if you haven't played for for a while and come back to it and it's like previously on Battlefield Hardline and it just gives you like the, the brief like Cliff Notes version of like all right, what's going on in the story, that, like, like just just setting up the the, the uh, episode you're playing and all that. But progressing on, like Pacto was saying, your hardened, torture-friendly Southeast Asian partner called a judge a (laughs) left-wing hack. I'll I'll play that audio clip. Left-wing hack. But that that is like the most politically aware hardline tries to be besides the Bundy Rancher episode we're going to be talking about later on. But it was just so bizarre. because They were talking about um, this, this, this drug guy getting off. Because of, uh, because of uh, l- l- lack of evidence to support his their, their arrest and imprisonment imprisonment and she just comes in and says like <clears throat> that, that no good left wing hack and it, it, was, it was just so out of nowhere because it, it is definitely one of those games where, it, where it's like oh it's going to be about the police but it, it, it's 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 a real like I want to say like milk, to- milk toast but like
1: it plays it or, as same as it possibly can because again this is like a this is a product that they wanted to mass market they being ea they want to make yeah. sure that this product reaches as many audiences as as much of the audience as it possibly can which spoiler alert, it didn't this game actually pretty much <laughs> crashed visceral but the, the
0: it didn't help yeah, yeah
1: it's it, it didn't it took it <clears throat> it took a while this was a uh, a process where over time this role only shuddered last year, this game came out in 2014 but this is a very polarizing game in the Battlefield community, not just because of the subject matter but because of how, like, for the people on the outside who didn't pick up this game this is a game about the police being heavily militarized and this was in 2014 when the police the being... The Ferguson riots were coming yeah, up that yeah, that was... Within months of this game's original launch day, the Ferguson riots began. So, if memory serves, this game was actually delayed to 2015. It came out in early 2015, so it could avoid being uh, being caught up in that controversy.
0: Right. So, real real quickly here, um, I just want to delve into the, the developer credits. We already talked about Visceral Games, but here are some like more like interesting nuggets of that. So, Visceral Games was the lead on Battlefield Hardline's development. They were previously known as Electronic Arts Redwood Shore Studio, which is the current home base of EA proper. And from 1998 to through 2009, they were nothing but e- EA's like workhorse and auxiliary developer, where they they can work on anything, and they you know their, ne- their name. It, it, it's EA. It, there's no like distinct style to them. Or it's, they're, they're not like Dice, and they used to work work on games like. Tiger Woods, PGA Tour, Lord of the Rings, James Bond, The Sims. All licensed or previously established franchises that Visceral just took charge on. I mean, like from uh, 2009 to 2017, um, they, they, they just quickly became Visceral Games, thanks solely by the release of their original, maybe intellectual property called Dead Space. Um, both those things, rest in peace, Dead Space and Visceral Games,
1: who doesn't miss Dead Space though? Nobody likes three. Yeah, all... Dead Space one and two are great. Yeah, no yeah, yeah
0: a, lot, a lot of co-op and it was it was, it was far too much like uh, oh gosh what, like that like that Capcom game. Oh, what, what was that Capcom game where there was like a lot of snow and then like in the sequel Lost like um, Lost Planet. That's the one. Really, that has this weird like roller or so. where like Lost Planet three was like a little more like horror ish. Yeah.
1: Gosh, Lost Planet three was really weird because Lost Planet one and two are almost. Monster Hunter-esque in their structure, where you're fighting these.
0: Two was full yeah. on Lost Planet. Oh, two yeah. two it was, was like full on Monster Hunter. Two was Hunter. definitely
1: like Capcom tried This was a uh, trying so This hard. was long before Monster Hunter World just became Capcom's best-selling game ever. <laughs> which, if you told me five years ago when I was playing Monster Hunter Three, that uh, Monster Hunter would become Capcom's best-selling franchise in the West as well as the East. I would say bullshit. <laughs> but, and that's because games like Lost Planet 2 exist, which are these obvious attempts to get westerners to play games in a genre they're familiar with that are structured like Monster Hunter.
0: Yeah, and like, like 2 was just su- such an obvious like ploy. Like, it's like, oh, it's four-player co-op, and you're taking down these random Lost Planet monsters that were, were like, the, the planet actually like uh, defrosted itself from the first game. Yep. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, just, it just happened. And then suddenly, like, oh, like this Lost Planet 3, is it's just a side story somewhere. It doesn't matter that much. This dude's trying to get back to his wife and kid. It's also the only game
1: of the series that was made by um, a Western developer.
0: Oh. Because memory
1: serves, Lost Planet 1 and 2 were both made in Japan. So Lost Planet 3 was, oddly enough, like a prequel that was outsourced. It, it's a very weird game.
0: Yeah. Pretty good soundtrack, too. But anyway, back to Visceral Games, and I just want to talk about the credits to Battlefield Hardline. Creative Director Ian Milham, Art Director on Every Dead Space Game 1, Extraction 2, 3, then Creative Director on Battlefield 4 as well, Campaign Design Director Scott Warner, Halo 4 Lead Designer, Mercenaries 1 and 2 Designer, Lead Gameplay slash single player Designer Ben Walker, Battlefield 4, lately lead designer, Dead Space 2 and 3 lead, a gameplay designer, and The Simpsons game. And the writers of Battlefield Harline were, like, the, the main writers and all that. Tom Bissell and narrative consultant Wendy Calhoun. Now, Tom Bissell, um, he, he co-wrote The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, Batman Arkham Origins, Uncharted 4, and also co-wrote The Disaster Artist film with, like, three other people. And lastly, he, he kind of got to start with... Uh, Co-writing Gears of War, Judgments, and Gears of War Three, and your favorite Gears of War. Game. I know, like, and, and you know, Gears of War Judgments, not very good. It, it, it didn't do. I know there's not a lot of Baird and Cole fans out there, but if you enjoy their characters from like one, two, and three, it's clear that that, that, that they, they didn't know how they were gonna write those characters because Baird was just just placed in this, this leader, kind of like like this generic leader role which he shouldn't have been. He's, he's always been like this smart-alecky asshole, and he was not at Endgame all. The game is about
1: him not becoming, like losing his lieutenant status. Exactly. It's like, you will never become a lieutenant again, That therefore you don't need to play this game.
0: <laughs> it didn't matter at all. It was a weird stopgap game. But anyway, that's enough about Tom Bissell. Narrative consultant Wendy Calhoun has previous credits as a producer in Nashville, Empire and briefly unjustified. All three of those, not video games, TV shows, but it's, it's, haven't watched any of them. Yeah, exactly. I've seen a little bit of Justified. It's it's fine. It's good. Heard of Empire?
1: I'm pretty sure my dad watched it while that was running.
0: Yeah, it's some good shows, but you know, again, there's just so much media out there. Like I, I'm good. I haven't seen like a TV show like actually try to like watch a season in a while. But anyway, that is the gist of the developer credits here. Like obviously, we can go go into the like oh gosh like the 20 different other people who are also attached to the level design, and, and there's so much more, but these, these are just the primary heads. So, obviously, the big thing to note here is a lot of like random EA games like, Mercen- like Mercenaries and, obviously, Battlefield Dead Space, which is like you know, obviously obviously dead ringer for uh, visceral games. Anyway, we're gonna head back to Battlefield Hardline here. Any other random thoughts about the premise or like you know, like any stage setting you, you want to get into before we actually get to episode eight?
1: There's there's not too much to discuss. Hardline, in spite of the fact that I find it to be an extremely entertaining campaign, uh, mostly I, I find it mostly compelling because it just does it, it, it tells a story where you have these characters who are memorable. You have uh, Nick, Kai, Boomer, and the white guy. <laughs> and and uh, they all band together to take down the evil cop conglomerate thing. And, you know, it, it does stuff that Battlefield games haven't done before. Where, I mean, I say haven't done before. Battlefield had had two decent single player campaigns prior to this mm-hmm. which are Battlefield uh, Bad Company 1
0: and, two. and
1: Battlefield 4. Mm, 2 is too linear. Okay. Right. 2 is linear it has it has decent writing but the problem with those levels is that they're pretty straightforward shooting galleries uh, okay. and it's like a Call of Duty discount campaign with decent characters. So it's not bad but people remember that really fondly. They should go back and play it and realize this is this is the same kind of corridor shooting that we criticized Call of Duty for <laughs> for years.
0: I gotcha. But there's some other
1: like... But Bad Company 1 yeah. is like, you've got those open world, those, excuse me, open, wide open levels. Not open world, but the wide open sandbox levels where you can mm-hmm. tackle objectives in the, in the order you want. Battlefield 4 does the same thing for a lot of its levels. I mean, you'll have levels that are just shooting galleries, but you'll also have levels where it's just a really large sandbox arena. And then the game says, here's an obstacle, like a tank get rid of it in whatever way you can think you can get rid of it. Like, lure it over to this building and just go onto the rooftop and toss C4 onto it and blow it all up. Or kill this guy and take his rocket launcher and then have this game of cat and mouse where you poke the tank with a rocket and then you run away. Mm -hmm. So, this Battlefield Hardline builds off that kind of sandbox level design. In addition to introducing stealth as a mechanic. Yes, yes. And that is the thing that I like the most about Hardline is the fact that it's actually possible to play through a good chunk of the game without killing anybody.
0: Exactly, just using your taser the entire time. I mean, it's your standard like first-person shooter stealth of like subduing an enemy or just killing them with a gun. I mean, like the
1: funny thing is that like subduing enemies, you don't just have to tase them or even sneak up on them to knock them out. You can also flash your badge. And you'd be like, "Police, freeze!" And then you flash your badge. And this even happens after after you are the fact. Yeah, imprisoned. you saw that mechanic. So, yeah, you, you for whatever reason, like you're not an officer, but you can just like say, "Police, freeze!" And you know these guys haven't heard that you're not an officer. anymore. Exactly. Yeah. So it works, but I think it's I think it's funny that it remains a mechanic in spite of that. But anyway, the fact that you have the option to just like take down enemies by flashing your badge and making them, like you hold your gun out at them while you're doing this and then you can do this to a group of enemies and you just have to keep training your gun on them to keep them, like there's a meter that Mm -hmm. that shows up, when the meter fills then the enemies draw their guns and start shooting you but if you can just catch a couple of enemies off guard, then you could just like train your gun, shift your viewpoint from enemy to enemy while you arrest them one by one, you'll like slam these guys to the ground and handcuff them so it's pretty cool that you have this option.
0: Oh, yeah. The levels with of stealth often direct you more on what to do than have an open area to explore, most of them. But you, you see a guy like walk, walking back and forth on a path. You have to deal with them to get to, to, get to your objective. I mean, it, it's usually a bridge you need to cross with two floors. I mean, like uh, this episode, like we're talking about right now, uh, in, in the desert, in the Bayou ep- episode, offers you a lot more agency in your attack, e- either by like allowing you to attack like a giant like circular area, or pick output, uh, pick out like w- which outpost you want to uh, take down first with e- e- their their own little like. Well, you can like swing into the left or swing into the right, and like you can subdue subdue or like do whatever you want with it. Yeah, they they play around
1: with the concept a little bit. They they don't really. Nail it down. I think it's a, it's a little too easy. The fact that I was able to get through most of these segments without a single casualty or being detected uh, after maybe two or three tries per encounter.
0: Well, speak for I, yourself because I I'm not bad as, I'm not at, at stealth games. I should <laughs> I should emphasize. I
1: like regularly play stuff like Splinter Cell, Chaos Theory. Like that's that's a game I go back to regularly. It's it's over ten years old, but I still play it to death because it's so much fun. So I have some experience with stealth games. The Immersive mm-hmm. Sims, Deus Ex, Dishonored, uh, Thief. Those games are my bread and butter. So this, it's, it's a, this is kind of shallow. It's a super forgiving
0: system where you you have a scouting ability where you can just pull out like your your like a device and you can uh, check. Like, yeah, your omnipotent police scanner exactly can
1: identify from like when you're looking at somebody from behind them, you can identify that, oh, this person needs to be arrested. And then the game will actually like point out. Oh, you should subdue this guy mm-hmm. so that for, he can for for extra be police points. Later. Yeah, exactly. Police <laughs> points. Yes. And Which, again, after you're disavowed, you can continue to do this. Exactly. There will still be targets of interest for you to arrest. And
0: besides it's, it's points weird. as a like additional of like yeah, like it will be better if you do this cuz you keep more points. Like you can use those points to unlock better Guns, so it's kind of like defeating the purpose in that way, where it's like, "Cool, I'm gonna arrest these people, and then I'm gonna get a shit ton of cool ass guns, so I can kill them with it." It's, <laughs>
1: it's self-defeating. It is, but, but you
0: know, you know, like, what else? What else gonna do? If it? It, it, it? it's, it's a battlefield game. Hate to knock it, but like that, but um, let, let's let's be real. It's it's, it's a triple A game with some weird theming that d- didn't really want to like strike out with a agenda of some sort or like a goal they want to hit this should have been totally unremarkable and the fact that it is it is more
1: than that is why we're talking about it today it's it's not like this isn't breaking new ground this isn't going to revolutionize first person shooters as we know them Mm -hmm. but it does things that a lot of it, it shouldn't have done these things not because they're bad but because it's totally unexpected for a developer to go the extra mile and take this kind of care
0: so with that said Let's just get right into the thick of it and talk about episode eight, which is called Sovereign Land. And Reese, you want to take it away real briefly here?
1: Right. So, the previous mission followed that you were infiltrating a mansion. You had to uh, collect some various things. And you blow up the mansion and you get out, and one of your buddies, Boomer, says, Oh, we're going to need a safe cracking robot mm-hmm. so that we can get into this safe. We're going to. We're going to take out this safe and we're going to get all the the goodies inside. So the next mission follows that you're just going to uh, talk to his old girlfriend, Dune. And as in like Frank Herbert's Doom <laughs> girlfriend. Uh, she's got uh, her family. It's like her, her father or stepfather or somebody. She calls him by his first name, even though he's apparently like her father. Tony Alberts. Uh, yeah. Yes. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's he's got a crazy safe cracking robot that could break through anything. So you, you of course, meet her in a diner and you've got a little bit of a, a drive with her and you get there. He's like, oh, it turns out this is like this crazy legion of t- a, t- a, an ultra right wing tea party conservative. It's, it's, it's a, a, conservative a commune militia. for
0: like uh, Bundy ranchers. Oh, it's
1: so, so absurd. Yeah. They have uh, like automatic weapons and heavy ordnance, explosive ordnance attack helicopters, and a surprise at the very end of the level that I think we should just save for that.
0: Save it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll it, it was to a it, great like uh, tie into like, you know, this really doesn't feel like a battlefield game. Oh, wait. Holy shit. Okay, never mind. Shit.
1: <laughs> it's a it's, it's a, a hell of a thing it throws you for a loop uh,
0: yeah. it, that moment just completely sold me over it's like yep this is this is the episode this is the one i'm picking but like mm-hmm. you said like they they go to the they go to the desert in search of a safecracker. and honestly this episode feels like the most quote-unquote extra episode of the campaign it really boils down to to like we need to grab the safe cracker device from from this random faction and later, the, the the device will be rendered useless in the plots, in the in the, directly into yeah. the next episode. But you know, Hardline does play it small by reducing the scale to like crime syndicates compared to like full-on warfare. But this episode drop kicks all that.
1: Yeah, Battlefield, uh, Battlefield Three and Four are just the United States versus Russia, mm-hmm. and it's World War Three. And then in Four, they involve China in the conflict as well. So those games are like global warfare and then you have hardline which is itty bitty police officers versus itty bitty crime (laughs) syndicates itty bitty itty bitty little small-time criminals itty bitty
0: but and sovereign land episode eight this this, this is like full-on buddy cop um, episode with boomer your 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 hacking friend i mean he's he's the most charismatic and confident of your partners
1: right he's also the uh well, he, he's the person who like gets you into this situation in the first place, doing this as his girlfriend, and she's the one who winds up getting him in contact with Albert and therefore sets the whole level in motion. Exactly,
0: exactly. So yeah, you go to the desert in search of a safecracker, and you meet up with an old flame of boomers, and drive to the compound and have some backstory between these two characters, and did, you find out like a, like a, like boomers has been gone out of that commune for a while, and, and suddenly her father is instantly charged in charge of that area. And it's, it's your typical, like we're going to create like an area like, that's unaffected by the, 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 the tyranny of the, the socialists or like the, the, the socialist tyranny of the American government. And like, I'll play a clip of that, but
2: So your dad sounds intense. He is in SEAL Team 6. Oh, he was not in SEAL Team 6. due to problems with the socialist tyranny of the American government, he founded a community of like-minded patriots. Patriots? Are guys in your arms? Totally armed. Don't oh, make this cool. I know these people. They're mostly hippies. Actually, all the hippies you knew are gone. What? Where'd they go? Just
0: gone. Yeah, there are some, like, fun moments in between. That's another thing about uh, Battlefield Hardline, like, it does delve into like the East I Museum, mean, a little more like, quiet moments, where, where you're just driving around.
1: Yeah, those are nice, where you're, just, you're given control, and you're just driving around an open road, mm-hmm. and you get some time to to talk to your allies. You're not just shooting everything 100% of the time. You get right. to learn about their backstory. These characters become more than just a face, a name, and a couple <laughs> quotes they shout occasionally, like a Call of Duty character would be, like, Who knows anything about Frank Woods beyond the fact that he's angry and really likes to kill people because (laughs) I I don't know anything about him same thing goes for Captain Price he's British and he's in command well and he's got a sick ass
0: mustache and that's all the characterization I need baby
1: and a a nice hat which he somehow keeps with him throughout his entire (laughs) imprisonment in a gulag his iconic hat yeah for whatever reason (laughs) yep his uh, hashtag iconic hat yes Um, But yeah, then you've got characters like Boomer, who is this kind of, he's open, like, very friendly with people. He's uh, away without leave and a fairly well-known or renowned hacker. But there's, like, the extent of his character is explored in this mission. This mission is kind of like, let's, let's delve into Boomer a little bit. So you get to know him more. He's not just the uh, the team's black guy. Yep, yep. Be- because it's so easy for for your games to like, oh, your character, like, because it should be noted, Hardline's cast, even the protagonists, they're all people of color. Sans one person whose name escapes me.
0: That's fine. It's, Like
1: Tyrone or something. Tyrone. Whatever.
0: Tyrese or no. Yeah, whatever.
1: But you have like uh, you have Nick Mendoza, uh, who's of Hispanic descent, and then Kyle, Cuban, right? Who's of yeah, Southeast Asia. Yeah, uh, his dad's from Cuba. And then you have Kai, who's of Southeast Asian descent, and then Boomer is black. So you have you have a cast that are all individuals who it would, in one way or another, be affected by police brutality. The game doesn't explore any of
0: this. Oh, no, not at all. That,
1: that would be well and above what this game is actually capable of doing, and I would find that absolutely commendable if the developers went to that mm-hmm. extent. If the writers could actually pull that off, I would say... Wow, good for you guys! No, but, but, but they they, they did that's okay.
0: hit like the, the easiest target at the time, of of uh, right when you meet uh, Tony Albert, the meter of the the, the, the uh, commune, like Dune's father, the person who actually has the 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 uh, the brutes, the the safe cracker device you need to get. You meet up with him. Basically, imagine Alex
1: Jones so, with a Stetson.
0: I mean, like. <laughs> He, he's, he's like, oh gosh, you, like, you meet—you have this interaction with him and it's like, oh, it was all a setup of this whole time to get Nick, Nick Mendoza and also throw in Boomer too, because it's not about race. He just doesn't like the guy, apparently.
2: Well, well, Marcus Boone, the prodigal, etc. Hey, Mr. Albert. Thanks for seeing us. It's the least I can do. And you must be Nick Boomer says you got a machine that can brute force any combination lock. Well, certainly can, Nick. You just got to give it a little time. Nick Mendoza, right? Oh, hey, look at that. Shit just got real. My dad kind of monitors my calls. Yeah, a lot of people want to talk to you, Mendoza. Including a fella from L.A. named Stoddard. Say he'd pay 250 grand for you alive. He's coming here right now. Boys, what do you say we escort Mr. Mendoza and Marcus down to the presidential suite? Wait, you said just Nick. Marcus isn't welcome here. He never was. Oh, baby, I'm so sorry. Peel her off this asshole before I puke. Oh, and Marcus, just so we're clear, grace is not a factor here. My dislike of you is personal.
0: That's a great clip, but <laughs> eventually you, you're, you're thrown into this um, this old ab- abandoned missile silo, and um, you, you, you escape it because uh, Boomer had a key, and, and like eventually you learn like, oh, Tony Alpert has his one man radio show that only dri- that only like further drives home the points that uh, he's this bastard child of like Rush Limbaugh and Bundy ranchers. And like, I guess like the modern equivalent of like Alex Jones with these heavy like like heavy rants. It's just like half of it makes sense, and like it's all like just buzzwords. But it it, it, it kind of gets a little into that Alex Jonesiness of, of it when you just sit and listen to it. That's that's like mostly what what you can do. <laughs>
2: Remind me that all this year we see the wholesale integration of carrying down of everything that made this country
0: drinking. You
2: know, in college
0: class So like at that point, you're you're just like sneaking around and listening to the, to this uh flavor text from the local compound re- residents, like how lots of
1: ambient dialogue yeah like, like how, how the combat
0: how the compound was before tony alpert turned into like a tea Party or <laughs> wet dream where, it, where like they <laughs> kicked out all the hippies and 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 you know all, all, all the all the minorities it was basically what's well, yeah, your because
1: boomer at the start is like oh no they're good people they're good people trust me and uh like they're all just a bunch of softy hippies and then you get to there and then you're held at gunpoint before, prior to being imprisoned, and Dune just kind of leans in and says, all the hippies were kicked out years ago.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah, and, and, and you'll also hear this, this like, amazing line. So who's the
2: guy paying the cop's bounty? Tony doesn't know. He found his number on the, uh, the atf agent's
1: phone. A quarter million bucks for a Mexican. Shit, man, I didn't know they got so expensive. I feel bad for laughing at it, but... But the writers are on point, just constantly. They've got these—they've got these great lines that just come out snappy, and you think about them for a second. They're just—they're good quips. They're almost like Whedon-esque in the way that they're delivered.
0: Oh yeah, it, 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 so. its its real good and pointed in a way where like it does—it's it, not it, like the the point the, the 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 laughing and pointing is at this uh, racist caricature of the tea Partyers which like. They don't outright say Tea Partiers in the final game, but it's pretty much like in the t- you know like in, like in like oh gosh like 2014, 2015 around that time when, when like the Tea Party movement was like kind of dying down at that point. And the mission
1: is called Sovereign like Yes, they're not trying to hide it.
0: Yes, yes. But was what was really hard to hide was uh, the preview coverage of it. It's this uh, Gamescom. Preview of Battlefield Hardline. Now, initially, the, the, there was some like heavy flack from like e, from like uh, E3 earlier that year, or no, no, like it was like when it was announced that there was some like initial like uh, pushback against it because it's like you get to play as a cop and it's a battlefield game and you get to shoot some people as a cop, and that was like right in the middle of like, heavily militarized police. Exactly, yeah, when it was it was after the Ferguson riots, like after like the the, the, the sudden like we should. Kind of pay attention to this police brutality shits and, and and all that, and it's like, oh, not a good time for this yeah, shit. Maybe the
1: police shouldn't be walking around in the streets with body armor, automatic weapons, and tear gas rotary the ge- tear gas rotary grenade launchers. That's a mouthful.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> which is all stuff
1: that we saw in the press uh, coming out of Ferguson. It, it, it was th- that stuff is disturbing, and this game was delayed because those riots were ongoing when it was originally set to release and it, it's, not, it, it, believe it's me, not a good there's, look. there's there's a fine line between bad in bad taste and topical you yeah really just weren't reading the news <laughs>
0: what, it's not like, reading uh, the room yeah it's like coming out with
1: it's like coming out with a movie about uh, terrorists attacking the United States following i don't know 9/11 <laughs> it's it's a little in poor
0: taste yeah
1: yeah, maybe don't do that, which is why I'm glad that the game was delayed to allow that to breathe a little, but I still feel like there, there is never going to be a good time to release a story about uh, good cops tearing apart the system, because that's not what happens. Real life doesn't work that way.
0: Yeah, it was, it was also the point in time where like police procedurals were getting to the point where it's like, all right, yep. CBS, NBC, ABC, like it's like another, like another show where like cops and like some, some weird, like a uh, psychic is, is are solving crimes. Like, great, cool. All right. Any, a- anything else going on?
1: <laughs> it's CSI, but now they're in space. Yeah. American space. Did
0: you know scientists gotta have guns? Watch CSI, <laughs> 10 p.m. tonight. So, but back to what I was saying, Battlefield Hardline um, at Gamescom, Gamescom in 2014 had this preview, and it was pretty much two-thirds of this um, level, Sovereign Land, and it, it kind of like skips right into the uh, meeting Tony Alpert scene, and progresses up until that lat, oh, God, oh gosh, up until you escape that general area. But like the, the biggest like difference in that game is there are far more Gads Gadskin flags showing up in the preview build of it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, f- for you don't know that the Gadskin's flag was created by Christopher Gadskin for the American Revolution. It's the yellow "Don't tread on me, Daddy." I mean, don't, sorry, don't, "Don't tread on me" flag. The, 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 the Tea Party movement co-opted because having a black centrist president Excuse me. Excuse me. is scary. So. Moving right on. <laughs> no step on Snake. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it has got uh, a ball Jake gag on, too. you very hurt from all this. Left
2: wing hack. Uh, so so
0: <laughs> the Tea Party movement, like, like I mentioned earlier, the Tea Party movement began right when President Obama's first term started, thanks to the oodles of cash from a conservative, conservative advocacy group called Americans for Prosperity, a group fo- formed by the uber-rich Koch brothers. So you can you can look up the the tea. I believe it's uh, Coke Coke Coke. Okay,
1: it's like it's
0: Koch Koch Coke Koch, Koch.
1: It's it's I'm pretty sure it's German, which would make it Koch. Yeah, it doesn't matter exactly. Just call yeah. them like the Koch brothers or whatever.
0: Right when you hear it, like like oh like yeah, I know what they are. Yeah, Coke. Koch. Cock, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so look up the Tea Party movement on your time because it's it's not entirely re- relevant here. But what is relevant is the reaction to this preview. By the Tea Party movement and other like hard right wingers, just just getting, you know, just just just, just filling their pants full, full of like it's like what the fuck is this shit? All these like free free speech defenders riled up by by the by the allusions to the Tea Party movement. So I've I've got this clip of n- n- notorious like crazy man who 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 eats a bowl of chili to and he forgets his own children's birthdays. And use that as an excuse oh, for, yes, for, uh, for the game, for reading. the yeah, so the roofie chili, <laughs> the, the roofy chili, yes, yes, there we go. Forget <laughs> me now, chili. <laughs> so here here's a clip of uh, uh, Alex Jones talking about Battlefield Hardline, real quick.
2: And these other shows, No, the new video games you shoot tea partiers. Right. We just showed an article about that. Games Con shoot racist tea partiers in Battlefield Hardline. I mean, this is in every TV show and movie I see now. That I like guns. That's why I'm going to murder everyone. Or I love the founding fathers. That's why I'm going to nerve gas New York. You know, it it is just that they are getting ready to blow stuff up, Max, and blame on the liberty movement. That's their answer. Uh, I agree. That's why there's an interesting dynamic at play here because there's very room left to to, to go for for sanction, for for sanctuary.
1: I mean, here you are in Austin, Texas with this show and you are kind of like holding down the fort. I mean, where do you go from here? There's very few places to go because more and more of the population, more and more of the country is being
2: converted to this extremism that's anti-freedom. It's an anti-freedom extremism because this is what the government is saying we need to do to protect ourselves against the quote-unquote terrorists, and this is setting... These people don't like the NSA spying on them. Wait, I thought you weren't doing that. These people want freedom. They're terrorists. They like the founders. They indict themselves with those bizarre statements. (laughs) I love the Founding fathers. That's why I'm going to nerf gas New York. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's why I'm going to murder everyone. (laughs) So obviously, he just reads the headline, but uh, that's neither here nor there in his uh, journalistic uh, capabilities. But uh, chem, chemtrails, everyone, chemtrails. Gotta, gotta, gotta buy, buy my pills and uh, not believe in the government.
1: Chemtrails, protein powder that makes you redder in the face, <laughs> that <kind of> thing. <laughs>
0: And Chocolate make you look like you're powder. 60 years old even though you're fit 40, yes.
1: Oh my God, he's, he, he is not. I, is he? Yes, yes.
0: He, uh, Holy he, shit. He recently tweeted out like a, a photo like either last year or two years ago or this year, I, I don't know when. But it's it like, oh, here's me uh, uh, with a ber- birthday cake with uh, you know, uh, candles four and zero over it. And it was, it was like, holy shit. Like, you, you look like you went through some, like, hard-ass drugs or, or something happened to you. He's younger than both my parents. <laughs> that's what Chemtrails does to you, man. It, it just ages you. <laughs> Spend your entire day ranting about <laughs> stuff for hours on end.
1: I mean, that's going to age you real fucking fast.
0: Yeah, when you're always red right in the face, like you know, it's, it's kind of hard to get back from that color if you do so much. February eleventh, nineteen
1: seventy four. He's forty four years old. <laughs> Good lord.
0: Oh god. All right.
1: Well, uh, next time on the Alex Jones podcast, we'll talk about how is this guy still forty four years old?
0: <laughs> uh, he was just born forty four. That's how he is.
1: <laughs> yep. Like uh, Morgan Freeman was a. Uh, Born an old man, yeah. He will die, uh, you
0: know, an old man. Die an old man, but it's an old groping old man. But anyway, moving on. Oh
1: yeah. Oof. Forget
0: about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I just did until like five seconds ago.
1: Yeah. Like, Oof. wow,
0: Ouch. So back in 2014, I'm sure this this other this guy who who is the main like oh gosh like giant like right wing talking head at that point Glenn Beck. He had a few things to say about this.
1: Hooray! So yeah, and it, if, for all the uh, fervor that was drummed up by publications like Breitbart and Alex Jones's show,
0: uh, it was hard not to not to product. like nearly
1: yeah. This the end product is not nearly as political as they make it out to be, and I mean it's hard to uh, it's hard to tell a story about cops and robbers and not get political, but somehow. The writers managed to do a pretty good job.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. sure if that's a good thing. But th- th- this this outrage just e- eventually led to EA scrubbing the Gadsgan flag from the entire game pretty much cuz you would see it's like you know like a, on on somebody's jacket or on a wall somewhere but it just changes to something like a little more generic.
1: Yeah, um, please do not walk on my body. <laughs>
0: it, it just shows like an, like, a, like an eagle, and like a star on top of its head, and like a circle behind it, it says, freedom. It's like, okay. Oh, yes,
1: the freedom flag. The freedom flag. The flag of freedom.
0: The flag of freedom. I'll send this real quick. It's like that
1: espouses freedom that is free. Yep, yep. Oh, and there's a spray paint on the wall that says come and take it with a uh, a handgun posted just above just above it.
0: Exactly, exactly. So, you know, it's it's very very but, much but like implied that you know what charged. this is. Yeah. yeah.
1: The um, the thing about it is just uh, you know, it, it will still be politically charged regardless of whether or not you try to avoid it. It's just inevitable, but you know, they're supposed to be ridiculous. They're a caricature. Exactly. And honestly, caricature is a bit closer to reality now than it was at Ex- of the time that this game released. Exactly, yeah. But at the time, this was ludicrous.
0: Yep, and uh <laughs> hate to depress you even further, but um, in that period where uh, Nick Bendoza and Boomer were sneaking around trying to escape the missile silo, um, there's some more like ambient dialogue going on, and I'm not sure who said it, but the, like I had the subtitles on where it was uh, doing some capture, but I don't know if it was in the distance or if it was something else entirely. But you have Tony Alpert, like doing his one-man show, the, the one-man like Rush Limbaugh show going on, and then like the, like the, like a character said like, blah 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 blah. Jesus Christ, Tony, just run for president, get over with it. Oof. oh yeah, oh yeah. Ooh, okay. <laughs>
1: that's uh that hits close to home
0: 2014 I mean, 20, 2014 would, 2015
1: yeah early 2015 so it was like within months of months of that campaign trail beginning
0: there you go so eventually you Oof. uh you choke out kill or whatever you get some weapons and escape the missile silo and eventually you come down to a choice you see the compound in the distance away from the missile silo and boomer offers you like okay you can either uh go in guns blazing and you know Kill them all to, to grab your gear because that's the intention. You got to grab all your police gear and whatnots. You have the you have the choice between crawling under a fence on the right side or climbing on the left side or just go guns blazing, like I said. And this is actually the the, the most like I don't want to say the most interesting part, but like the most like video game aspect or like where, like it allows you to have like all this freedom to like take down your targets or like go go like full on stealth and like. And, like ignore everyone to get your gear back because like you don't have to subdue or kill everyone that's there you just have to get your gear and get out you can but it's a particularly difficult section in you're in because it's broad daylights and also there's a lot of like sight lines because it's all like rvs stacked on top of each other or right next to It's it's just real hard to sneak around or or just in general to like a subdue various characters without like in anyone uh, else, you know, discovering them, but it was, it was just like in Battlefield Hardline, it, it, it hardly ever lets you have that moment where, where um, you could you can explore. You, know, you, you can explore, but like eventually you'll, you'll just be progressing forward with, with the area. But just having the ability just to see, like, okay, you, you, you can find these targets, you can take these people down, you, you can notice their their patterns. You know, you know that like they're their. Their loops, they're they're walking by loops. So it's like okay, this guy's coming over here. I can take them them out and like drag their body over here. I have some time to bring it over here because this other guy's coming, and so on. But th- 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 it was just see so yeah, you, you you when you actually get your gear, you know, get all your stuff. You can go out and catch up with Boomer, and when that happens, you see Dune who like secretly gave you this, this little like bobby pin of some sort to uh, break free of your. Uh, your your uh, handcuffs when you, when you're uh, imprisoned, but then eventually that um, that tracker she mentioned in the beginning of the level comes back and bites her, or or, or like a, Tony put like a tracker on Dune because he's an overprotective asshole father, as one does. So then eventually their car gets shot up by by, by a bunch of dudes in a jeep by the uh, the local militia, quote unquote. And you take shelter in this tiny like, convenience store building, and you gotta like, a <laughs> you, you just have to... Like, it's a pretty st- impressive
1: shootout that follows, because this game runs on the Frostbite engine, right. which supports uh, the dynamic destruction that the Battlefield series wasn't originally known for, but has be- come to be known for. And Battlefield Hardline, I think, is probably the best showcase for Frostbite, uh, at least with early Battlefield games, because... It's fought in urban environments instead of, like, uh, in fact, you know, a lot of battlefield War-torn bullshit, are yeah. Like, city, like, concrete jungles and that kind of thing. So, bullets are gonna hit the concrete and they're gonna, like, you know, flake off a little bit of chunks of the concrete as per the engine's uh, limitations. But in Hardline, walls are drywall and plaster and stuff, so you shoot the wall and it just tears chunks out of it, just like small caliber exactly, bullets yeah. are gonna put holes in the walls. So when this jeep pulls up and you take cover in the station, and suddenly the walls are falling apart around mm-hmm. you, it's actually pretty visually impressive.
0: But also, like uh, there, there are, like a couple of other like previous like hold your ground sections of the game where like you have to wait for something to download, or or just like oh, you just have to wait five minutes, like hold out five minutes as like waves of enemies come at you, at you. But it is the most difficult hold your ground section of the game because of the arms, <laughs> the the, uh, the arms Tony's compound has. In that it's a literal, it, it, it's it's literal army vehicles and weapon and army weapons being used. Because you know local militias got to have like all that like high grade mil- military gear. Because. Yeah, of course.
1: What would a m- local militia be without, you know, high powered rifles, helicopters and stuff. And a
0: fucking Gatling gun too, and in, in your in your Humvee. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, nothing says uh protect the United States and also my rights, quite like a uh, fifty caliber machine gun <laughs> Jeep.
0: Yeah, but I, I just remember like like there's like numerous times where I just got just just pelted by that section, just dying over and over, because there was like hardly anywhere to run because Those bullets can penetrate, and it is a tiny, tiny room. The only way to progress is just taking them down, taking down these two. Yeah, you gotta do it
1: fast because uh, victory does not come easy in that firefight. Mm -mm.
0: So eventually, when you uh, take them out, Dune leaves you with her tracking watch. Tony uses so you can use it to lure Tony away from Dune, and also, you know, take on Tony head-on and all that. And Dune mentioned earlier that the safe cracker was at was in Tony's airfield cuz again like what local militia doesn't need you know doesn't have an airfield in their compound
1: yeah it's a it's a totally normal thing for militia to have mm-hmm. a uh, a massive airfield from which they can have airplanes and helicopters take off
0: exactly and
1: also inexplicably a crashed gunship
0: yeah which yeah.
1: you you man and use to take out a ton of enemies I mean, you have two options you can go sneaky or you can hop on the gunship you should hop on the gunship
0: and you should just, always hop uh, on the gunship
1: oh yeah lay waste to those guys it's a uh, it's a bit of a catharsis after you know having spent the first five minutes of the level with handcuffs <laughs>
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you you reach the airfield and find a, a plane. Boomer has to fix, so he's, he's he's off doing that and getting it ready. As you're, it's like okay, I got to get the safecracker now. Then you come across like, oh no, Tony's goons are all over this place. I got to sneak in. Or wait a second, that's a down gunship. Let's see if that turret can work. You know, you know what? Fuck my badge. I'm not a cop anymore. Fuck these guys. I'm gonna kill all of them. And, and, and just, like, fire the, the, these fucking cannons at them. Oh, shit.
2: Boomer, all these guys are already here. Uh, uh, do you see, like, a, uh, uh, a warehouse across the way? Yeah, yeah it's barricaded. You can't sneak in? Oh, hang on. Yeah, hey, I think I got an idea. might be a little loud.
1: What's excessive
0: force? Why does it matter? It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, but like right before then, there, there's some more like flavor, um, in, in environmental storytelling going on, where you see you know like you're you're looking around the area and you find out that this militia are actually terrorists too. They're not just like a yeah. bank like bank robbers. I mean, you you find a ricin bomb just just like laying in in that hangar somewhere. Or, or like a blueprints to, to to create a ricin bomb. Yeah,
1: because nothing says I love America quite like a Rice and bomb. Left wing hack.
0: Yep, yep, yep. And the turret sequence, like once you in, in, enact that, you, you kill the goons and like, okay, that's that's easy enough. Well, I'm gonna get out. So you're like, oh, here comes another jeep. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll gun that too. And then like, uh, wait a second, that's a friggin' helicopter. What the fuck? And you, you like to take out that helicopter. And then eventually they're like, okay, everything quiets down. And then you're like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to rush across the field and get the safe cracker, And, you know, like right when you grab it, you, uh, you're about to exit. And suddenly you hear like mortars being fired upon your position. And it's like, what the hell? It's literal warfare, like being like pelted on you, on your position. So it kind of caves in your building. So you have to try to like find an exit another way. But then you realize, you know, like through a cutscene, you you see Tony Alpert in a fucking tank, like screaming at you in a a megaphone. Main battle tank. Exactly. Yeah. With a
1: megaphone, like he's peeking out the top with a megaphone, just shouting out directions Mm -hmm. to you.
0: And you yeah, here no. you're thinking like, oh fuck, I'm screwed. What, the, like this is full on pants on head nuts here. And then you you find your exit, and it's like, oh wait a second, there's another tank. All right, there's another tank. Okay. And then eventually you, you hop in and like, okay, here's some hel- uh, helicopters you gotta shoot down, and here comes t- here comes Tony Alper's tank. So it's tank v tank going on. And eventually you destroy Classic him. so
1: battlefield tank duel.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's—it's like, is this a battlefield game or what? Like, oh wait, never mind. This episode justifies it completely. Here we go.
1: Yeah, and you're uh, while you're using the tank too, it's got the uh, Battlefield 4 user interface for the tank. It's just—it's all there exactly as it was in that
0: exactly. Game. Yeah, and you had like that uh, the, the destruction of you know, like Battlefield 4 coming into here, but it, it was just so like. S- such a great way to, to, to like punctuate like an end to that episode because like like' fit in so well yeah the
1: arms that you get in the rest of the game are like oh you've got battle rifles and carbines and carbines uh personal defense weapons and bolt action like low caliber bolt action rifles like the uh what is it the Arctic Warfare Police, that kind yeah. of stuff. I never did the L9681. So you've got, you know, nothing like the battlefield uh, light machine guns or assault rifles or uh, automatic shotguns. Nothing, nothing to that extent. Mm-hmm. And then along comes this level, which concludes with a duel in main battle tanks. <laughs> so it's... You know, it's... Kind of.
0: It's a, it's a weird justification for like you know what this is a battlefield game now you know let, let, let's just go with it you know it it, it it's it, it's suitable it, it, it fits the the whole like core conceit of the level or it's like you know what these militias have a little little too much uh, mili- like actual like legit military ordnance and again it, it's just characterizing it, it's just satirizing like let's just push it to the the extreme
1: it's um, it's a little silly. It's a I mean, silly. just a
0: little bit. Like it doesn't. It's not full on silly, but you no. Know, the, like, games, it's just the game definitely no.
1: treats the subject matter <laughs> with some some degree of dignity, so it's not just complete surrealist absurdity. But you know, it, it, it's it's poking fun at it. It's just enough. Like there's just enough Whedon-esque lines. There's just enough. Uh, what the hell is going on? Moments. There, it, it hits the holy shit quotient a lot
0: of times. It's it, it's just this weird like non sequitur of an episode. It's like, all right, let's, let's just do a bottle episode of, of like like this episode doesn't really matter entirely, but you know, let's just let's just have some fun here. Let's just cut loose a lot more than we usually do.
1: And it really is a bottle episode. This is a uh, this is a game that is sold as a sixty dollar product, and the campaign comes as is. It's the whole campaign. And it's treated as the as a season of a television show. That's how it's structured, and it really didn't need to be structured like that. Mm-hmm. It just is. And the weirdest thing about it is the fact that they they really did replicate the seasonal structure of a broadcast television show to the point that they have bottle episodes in the game, and they're short. They're as was previously. Uh, Previously said these are short levels. These are not like fifty-minute, uh, extensive sneak around and right, stab right. dudes kind of stuff. This is this is a so, uh, this is a short and sweet kind of level.
0: Oh yeah, it's not, not even it's not even the shortest at, like a uh, level too. Because when you start thinking about like, oh wait a second, that prison like you're, you're, when you're escaping that uh, that bus level, that that uh, prison bus, that like, just just that go- level is
1: awfully long.
0: Yeah, it was longer than it needed to be, but it was also like like yeah, you know, it's, it's a good like ten minutes or so. Mm-hmm. But it was it's just ten y- minutes of
1: ten minutes of evading police officers exactly, in a yeah. small town. It's a small brown, dark town, not really. I mean, brown is it? It's in a desert, <laughs> um, and it's just not the most exciting backdrop for a level. Mm-hmm. It, it works for story reasons. That's why it's kept short, exactly, this one doesn't doesn't really matter on this st- affect the story at all. It's just nonsense. It was it was fun.
0: it was a well paced non sequitur completely. Mm. But that said, right when you uh, get out of your tank battle, you uh, hit up Boomer, and it's like, hey, the plane's ready. Like, are you sure? I'm like ninety percent sure or fifty percent sure. I don't know. Let's just get it running. And then, okay, sure. They leave. They they, they get the safe cracker. It's probably gonna be that's that was useless later on in the plot. But, again, that's neither here nor there. But moving on from that, that is the end of that episode. Is there any other, like, episodes or levels? You can call them levels here that uh, kind of stood out to you.
1: Nothing in particular. A lot of the game is pretty much what you would expect of a Battlefield game in regards to its structure, where you just kind of have levels that create... Fairly sandboxy levels give you options with how to deal with enemies, but these are urban environments. These are not like uh, war-torn battlefields. These are these are towns. These are like the first big level you go into is like an abandoned school in a rundown neighborhood, and you're just kind of taking out all the criminals who have set up inside of there. And you know, later levels here and there are. Just kind of building on that, but oh, it's a—it's uh, like an illegal building where a shit ton of marijuana is being grown underground, mm-hmm. and you set fire to the place, and the whole area is filled with weed smoke. And it's not nearly as compelling as Far Cry Three's uh, very similar scenario.
0: Oh no, but, it's just you backtracking out of there because it started off yeah. like okay, like this is this is very much the stealth portion of the game. Where it's like you're outside the warehouse and you're trying to get yourself in, and there's like multiple vantage points. You have to you have to like sneak around and like go up the and go up the lad, like ladders and stairs of just to like you know kill them or subdue them, right? And several cameras and like, you have to get game, out.
1: Yeah, and the game will follow this a little bit where like the formula where you go in. And either the level starts guns blazing and then moves into stealth and then probably ends with guns blazing. Or it starts stealthy and then you've got your action segment in the middle and then you go back to sneaking around. It's, I believe there's actually a, uh, an achievement in the game for getting through uh, all stealth encounters without killing anybody. Which I think is cool. It's, it's the only Battlefield game that actually allows you to non-lethally subdue enemies. Right. You've got tasers, you've got handcuffs. You can flash your badge to subdue enemies. There's you have options beyond just bullets or knives, which is refreshing and mm-hmm. something that Battlefield One would later it would later build on this with the with its stealth system. It's very similar to Hardline's. Obviously, you don't you're not a police officer in Battlefield One, so you can't like flash your badge to anybody. Right, but but you do have the option of. Uh, sneaking through levels, and you can—the levels are even more open in Battlefield One, so you've got uh, more options in regards to avoiding enemy encounters. You don't have to face off against guards; you don't have to like kill them all in order to proceed. You can just sneak past them. So this is something that Dice definitely took notice of, even though they didn't have much involvement with the game. They—they they saw the stealth levels probably played a lot of them and thought this this could work seems like a nice vignette
0: so, they can play out and you know look like for a couple of times exactly yeah
1: yeah like there's there's a level in Battlefield 1 uh where you're actually like trudging through no man's land after your plane crashes there and it's it's a surprisingly compelling level that's just you diving in and out of the trenches on the uh, like, trying to cross the No Man's Land because he crashed on the German side of the conflict, he needed to get back to the base where the English are all posted up. So it's just you sneaking through in that same kind of style that Battlefield Hardline introduced to the series. So there, there have... This game, in spite of the fact that it didn't do nearly as well as other Battlefield games, is still remarkably influential on at least the story structure of Battlefield games going forward.
0: Yeah, and I believe, if, if I remember correctly, I think think it is also the um oh gosh the swan song the unintended swan song of uh, uh visceral games because th- th- it was they, they had a canceled uh visceral games star wars da- game in developments so that was canned right as they were being shuttered
1: right i mean that was but i i don't think i think that game is still in development but
0: their original yeah. pitch of it because it was it was, it was being modified, that's right. It was being remodified into something else because it was also the Amy Hennig, the, the the person who was like you know, the person who was attached to the uh, first like three Uncharted games storylines, right. And it was brought on to uh, work on that. You know, it and it something was something. Like, it kind of theorized
1: that this is going to be like an Uncharted style Star Wars game.
0: Exactly. Which yeah.
1: Which sounds really cool, and it was apparently shuttered by EA because it just wasn't. A uh, multiplayer, excuse me, a multiplayer game they could market uh, as like something structured more like Destiny or Anthem or The Division, which right. is what EA was. EA
0: was more Pining turning for, yeah. towards
1: marketing. Yeah, there. EA hasn't. If you if you were paying attention to E three this year, EA didn't really show off a lot of major like big budget games uh, with campaigns battlefield 5 will have the same kind of war story stuff that battlefield 1 had but the majority of what they showed was all multiplayer
0: so i believe that should do it for this episode of level select and i'm going to head to the plug section reese Egner, is there anything you wanted to plug nope
1: I'm a university student, and that's what I do.
0: <laughs> All right. Pay my tuition. I don't know. Don't, don't pay my tuition. <laughs> no.
1: I don't I have an not. online presence that's really notable. Nope, so. No.
0: No Patreon. Unlike patreon.com slash PNB. That way you can find different episodes made by different hosts of the PNB network. T, Dylan, and Kayla... We are doing a couple of different things here and there. Fort show with uh, T and Mike called Foster and Jones. It's Mostly talk about basketball in there. We also have a, um, a game music um, show called P FM, where we just pick a theme and we all talk about it. As, you know, like in, in between breaks of it playing the song. It's real fun. So most of those are monthly rewards, and tune in next next for next week's episode on the guy game.
2: was a baggage handler there. Invitation of the president, they said. Counter-terrorist training exercise, they said. That's classic, classic tip of the spear shit. So we're being invaded without a single shot being fired. And then we're gonna get hit with some false flag bubonic plague or anthrax. Martial law. Martial fucking law. Left wing hack.